we are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello! Out Now is a film podcast, and uh, normally we talk about the newest movie releases of the week and what have you. We're doing a bonus episode. This is a bonus. B-b-b-bonus. Exactly. It's the holidays. We got all kinds yeah. of movies coming out all over the place, and we could not, could not go any further in our recording of this series without doing a, a whole bonus episode focused entirely on Tom Hooper's Cats. This is absolutely correct. This is not a drill. It's it's not a drill. <laughs> it's, it's it's not a mouse either. It's cats. Uh, we're gonna. This is gonna be fun. the the only The only issue I have right now with cats is the fact that our guest made us wait multiple days before we can talk about cats. Like we had, <laughs> we were going to talk about this much sooner, and I had to sit on these thoughts. Abe and I had to sit on these thoughts on cats an extra three days. So now I was can... going to come in hot. I was going to come in super hot. <laughs> now we can finally get it all out here. So joining us to discuss cats, we have the latest member of the Juggle Cats. It's Professor Mike Dillon. What's new, Pussycats? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so oh, I didn't hey. realize you were sitting on it for this long. I apologize. <laughs> I had to be a different introduction there, Professor I Mike. To, I, had to go, uh, I had to go see it again. Abe, hmm. Abe went. Abe went out in the rain, barefoot, to the theater just to see this movie. And With my like, cat what? makeup on, it was dressed in costume. He was dressed yeah. as Rumble Teaser. <laughs> Which one is that? Was that Jason Derulo? Sure, that's, pro- that's probably right. Uh, oh, you kept track of their names. This no, is, Jason Derulo is Rumble Tucker. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know. Any Rumble of Teaser you. is. Um, Hmm. Oh, she's she's the one that is like the thief cat. Got yeah, it. Exactly. She's she's one of yeah. those. There's two of those. Danny yeah. Collins is the, there's there's Mangajuri. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> These names. Which uh, <laughs> they'd be right at home in Star Wars. Let me tell you. Um, but yeah. We're, so Mike's here. We're gonna talk cats. That's what we're gonna do. Um, normally we either do like a full review or I don't know something quick or what have you. I had an idea that instead of just doing like a review, and we'll sort of, of course give our thoughts on Cats, what if we just did like a plot by plot, a beat by beat breakdown of the whole plot of Cats and just kind of sure. co- commented it along, uh, about it along the way? Uh, basically because it's very easy, because you just break it up into the various songs that are presented in Tom Hooper's opus. Does that sound good? Can we just do that? Can we just, uh, just, yeah, that works yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah let's, let's start just, with some let's general just, thoughts. Yeah let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's get to some general thoughts. Mike, did you find this to be a catastrophe, or were you smitten with these kittens? How dare you with these puns? I thought it was uh, a perfect uh, film-going experience. <laughs> Is that? I No, I, I'm actually quite serious. I, I'm going to say this up front. I loved <laughs> this movie. And good on you. And good I, on so, you. So you know, the, I, heart wants, the heart wants what the heart wants. Thing is, like I have such a fondness for movies that are not just merely bad, but are inexplicable and ill-advised. They become such fascinating objects to look at and think about. Like, how did this happen? Was it studio hubris? Was it did it start off promising and something went off the rails? And like, I can't think of any movie this year that I've been more actively curious about. Um, so, so I think Aaron, I first approached you. I'd been excited a while for ago. Yes, yeah, it was about it was about when the trailer dropped to yes. some controversy. Uh-huh. Um, and and you you both know I judiciously avoid trailers, but there was such an uproar about this that 
it was in like July or so. So I made an exception and I watched it. You had cat scratch I, fever to watch this trailer. Oh my God. I was so excited for it as soon as I, I saw you. I, we were at a screening or something, right? Hobbs and Shaw maybe. Probably, yeah. And I immediately volunteered. Everyone was moaning about how creeped out and repulsed they were by the trailer. And I had the exact opposite reaction. I was like, gun to my head. This is the only movie this year I can't wait to see. Like, what's that? What's that you say? It opens the same weekend as Star Wars. Well, Star Wars <laughs> will have to wait. Right. Are you um, were you familiar with cats as far as the play goes? Did you have you seen, yeah, the, seen the show I've seen it on stage? It's just as stupid and weird on stage. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just I thought if this movie is even a fraction as batshit as that trailer, I'm going to have a real good time. And uh, it, it did not it did not disappoint. Abe, what are, what are your general thoughts? On, on, on cats so I've, I've never seen the stage production i am familiar with what cats is i'm familiar with some of andrew lloyd Webber's work i'm familiar with the the main opus song uh the one the memory Memories. song and mm. yeah and and you know I, I found that to be quite powerful and moving um but as far as the film goes the film is interesting because while I didn't think that it was a, a home run, I, I thought that it was kind of mesmerizing and that I kept on wanting to know how much further this is going to go. Um, the other part that I found interesting is I thought that there was going to be a plot development with it, too, and there really isn't. Um, you're introduced to Victoria, and Victoria is sort of this new character in the streets of London. Um, we'll get into and, this. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as it goes along there, you... I guess you you're just in songs with these characters and there's never really any sort of plot development. You don't really know, understand like why she was thrown out or, or what she's doing there. I mean, as far as like the acting is going, um, some of the acting is like better than others. Ian McKellen is, is pretty good in, in his role, I would say. Um, and then the lead character, uh, Francesca Hayward, great dancer, great ballet. You know, there's really some great things there, but I think really what what hurts my brain a lot is not the concept of this entire thing. It, it is strange, but it's actually the editing in this movie because it the editing is so jarring and it, it's so jumpy and chop 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 in the first twenty minutes. It actually gave me somewhat of a headache. I was like, I just can't fucking follow along with what's going on here because it's so poorly edited. So beyond that, when it gets like some slow moments and some slow songs. I actually found it like, okay, well, I can really take in this production value here now in the background, and I can really sort of understand the choreography and whatever else, too. But other than that, like, um, it's it's a strange movie for sure. Not one that I really recommend for people to go see. Uh, but it is something that, I don't know. I mean, like, Tom Hooper, he's an Academy Award-winning director. Maybe we should just don't give him a three-year ban. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about it more. But overall, it's it's not good, but it is fascinating to watch. I feel like I sit somewhere between you guys. I The trailer for Cats was like, well, that's what I guess a modern Cats movie would look like. Like, I, I can't say I was taken aback by the nature of this film just because it's like, I don't know what else I'd expect <laughs> when, you, when you're going <laughs> to employ digital fur technology and what have you to make this thing come to life. I have not seen the Broadway play. I only know memories. I didn't know any of the other songs. Anna and I saw this film on Friday, the previous Friday. And, um, I mean, I admire the kind of craft involved. I, I like the, for what, like, for one thing, I guess Universal released an updated version of this film with more complete effects. I, 
I can't say that I had a, a like specifically a problem with the effects. Like, is, I, if the fur looks furrier or something, good on them, I guess. But I can't say like of the issues I have with the movie, the general look wasn't really an issue for me, just because I felt like I was so adjusted to what I was going to see already. Mm-hmm. But so uh, getting that. And like I admired the like I said the crap like the the sets that they made where it's like everything's yeah. you know they're cat size so everything's like slightly bigger or much bigger it's like that's neat to me and like the, there's obviously a lot of choreography involved because there's a lot of dancing or what have you my I guess my biggest issue really is that it's not weird enough like that was kind of my issue with it. <laughs> like it, it felt like it could have went further. It felt like this is for some reason the time that Tom Hooper said, you know what, I'll lay off a bit. Where it's like, really, this movie? Like, this is the one where you, you kind of tone it down? Because that's what it felt like compared to Les Mis or even King's Speech, just the way he uses camera lenses in those movies. It's just like, it felt like there could have been a more involved version of this where he's really swinging for the fences. I'm not sure if you agree, Mike, or not, but I mean, because really you were into the, the weirdness of this movie. I thought it could stand to be a little weirder. Performance wise, oh, there's we'd yeah. be so lucky if it had been weirder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Performance. This movie, this movie should not exist, <laughs> right? This podcast episode, as much as I enjoy spending time with you, gents, uh-huh. like <laughs> this should not be happening. <laughs> well, we'll get to the weird as we get into this movie, but like in general, I can't say like it, it's good specifically, but I admired what they were trying to do. I just wish the I, I honestly just wish there was more. In, be beyond the visual look of the film, like just the design of the characters and whatnot, I wish it was still like more ambitious in trying to do something with cats beyond just show me the cats. Sure, yeah. So, so since you mentioned it, I'm a little unfamiliar. They're going back to re-edit some of the effects, right? Basically, Universal says that basically they've, since it's all like, you know, digital, they've just uploaded the latest version, the latest render of cats and they're replacing the current version that's in theaters with this newer version, which is strangely somehow being resubmitted for best visual effects, too, which is a bunch of bullshit as far as the Academy's concerned, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's a what topic. I'd heard specifically was that there was some issue with, like, they're in full cat costumes, but their hands are still human, so they're going back to digitally... Yeah, make, there's, like, a like, shot... Like, one, there's a screenshot of, like, Judy Dench's hand. You can see, like, it's clearly just her human hand. Like, in, in this, like, that. it's, like, stuff like that that I assume they're Yeah, it's, it's, weird that, it's weird they're fixing on that because, like, it, 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 it's as if the the hands, the human hands, are what took me out of your yeah, Exactly, right? Human. Yeah, exactly. But at the same, at the same time, though, I, I don't think this is really an unprecedented situation. I just no, think it's something a studio doesn't it's... generally call attention to because... Right. They don't need to, but because the movie's bombing so heavily, it's a weird way to be like, oh, it's okay, we have another version of this movie, that's why you should go and see it now, or whatever other logic they want to explain. But I mean, it's not, studios do this, they do, like, they keep working on, the like, uh, for example, Justice League, the whole mustache-mouth thing with Henry Cavill in that film... They were still working on that even after the film was out. By the time the Blu-ray came out right. or the, the 4K, they had an even more complete version. It happens all the time when it comes it to visual effects. Yeah. It's just, I think, it, whether Universal wanted this to get out or not, they certainly made it into a story as far as, yeah, we're replacing this with a, with right. a different version. It's just, and then as far as the story goes, I mean, this is something I was thinking about with some of the music tools. And I, I don't really watch as many stage productions like on stage as I probably should. But when thinking about something like a Sweeney Todd um, or a um, even like Les Mis, I guess, with Tom Hooper still, but there's still a, a dedicated story to that, or they would have created a de- dedicated story with that. Um, and this one, it just felt as though it was just all the songs, more or less the same, the stage production done on stage. Um, is that is that 
factual, Mike? I mean, is there yeah. was there anything else added to the movie version that you didn't see from the stage production? Um, my recollection, I mean, first of all, Les Mis is based on a Victor Hugo novel. Yeah. So, Giant, so super it, thick book. It, it's yeah, not the Sondheim. So, <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's more dense. This is based on, like, a book of poetry so by T.S. Eliot, T.S. Eliot. Yeah. yeah, from the 30s. So, it the stage production is just as kind of opaque and weird. Uh, it doesn't really have a plot. This, uh, so the character Victoria, if, if I recall correctly, is a non-speaking role on yes. stage. Hmm. Okay. And they make her a larger character, and she ends up becoming kind of our window into this world, right? So she for the film, is front yes, center yeah. in the film. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's the major. Um, change uh okay. it's yeah it's that and like there's like the the character we'll get to it but like the character taylor swift plays is like not a character right it's just like it's because mccavity is doing all the that's and has that song and everything like there's 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 things here <laughs> yeah. and there but i mean the i was McCavity talking about, is a song in, in the in the yeah but like mccavity sings his own song in the thing okay. but regardless i was talking with anna about this because she's she's she knows cats better than i do and I mean, it's less about what the like, you know, the the narrative through line is, Abe, and more about like the yeah, but yes, the songs and also just what's going, of course like, what thematically yeah. what's going on and everything. And I mean, that's no, I understood that part yeah. too, and and I mean that part is is actually pretty decent, just the way that you know, I guess if you're looking for the through line of it all of a pure heart and a cat who is good of nature, um, then yeah, you have Victoria there to, well, yeah, well, to serve. Let's get to it. Let's go. We're going to talk about this sure. entire movie. Let's just start going into it. So here we go. Cats, a Tom Hooper film. Um, oh, you're going like that. <laughs> I'm not going to read all the credits. Okay. Thank you. Car stops, yeah. drops off a cat. We're hearing a bunch of music. It's the overture. Again, I've never heard these. Feel free to stop me whenever you want if you want to talk about something, by the way. Oh, I've, ne- I will. I've never heard these songs before. So every song to me is like a new delight, kind me of. Me too. I, I don't think these songs are all that particularly memorable. But I mean, except, with some exceptions. Except for Jennifer Hudson's song. There, there's some exceptions, but I mean, most of these songs are like, oh, I guess that that one sounds like. Um, okay. And some of the lyrics. Anyway, yeah, we're hearing the overture. Bunch of cats are crawling around. And fill me in if I'm missing anything, too. Bunch of cats are crawling around. They go to this bag. They open the bag up. And yeah, the white cat pops out as Victoria. She's been abandoned. The cats are now, like, questioning what's going Like, what is she? Is she going to be a part of the Jellicle Cats? These are the Jellicle Cats. This is where we hear the Jellicle song for Jellicle Cats. That's the name of the song. And, and I think it's worth noting that the Jellicle Cats song that introduces all the main characters and their the the parameters of their tribe uh-huh. is inexplicable. <laughs> okay. That, that actually like, adds to my knowledge of it now because I was like, why? Are th- what is this secret society of Jellicle Cats? And then now that you're just like, well, it's just what they are. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Well, yeah. So I also a... thought that that was Kyle MacLachlan as the uh, the main yes. cat guy. I was like, oh, I can see that. Okay, really yeah. He's like a, like a young Kyle. You'd have to be a young Kyle. Yeah, and I was like, is that Kyle? Like is if it was, if it was, is like, that Kyle McLaughlin from Blue Velvet? If it was, <laughs> if it was season one Twin Peaks, Kyle McLaughlin, sure. Uh, exactly. But but season, season three Twin Peaks? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Um, one of the cats, known as uh, Mr. Mistopheles, befriends Victoria. Three of the other Jellicle cats. They stop her. They ask her for her name. She gives the name. Then they ask for her second name. And that makes Monk's, Monkastrap explain the importance of names of the Jellicle Cats. This is the song, The Naming of the Cats. Which, again, is doesn't offer any clarification of what the hell is a Jellicle Cat. I think I, I felt the same way on stage. I was like, I don't, like, what is happening? I yes. mean, 
Yeah, that that's the question that I had. We're like, what is happening here about this specific night? And I feel like I'm gonna be like the voice of reason in all of this because I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, it's just a group of cats. Like, it's, that's their that's their tribe. That's that's what I, I had. Yeah, I, I largely went with it too, but there are questions that start forming in my head now about just like. It, I'm just being dumped, like, you know, uh, mid-storyline into... I mean, what question is there? There's a group of cats. They all hang out together. They call themselves Jelly. It's like saying the Lost Boys or whatever. It's, there's their gang. It's their gang of cats. <laughs> what else is there? What else do you need to know? Everything, you can just figure it out at that point. No, please continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, Victoria's given an invitation to the Jellical Ball, which only occurs once a year, where many cats compete, and the leader of the tribe, Old Deuteronomy, played by Old Judy Dench, chooses which of them will go to a place called the Heavenside Lair to undergo reincarnation. And this is where we hear the song Invitation to the Jellicle Ball. So this is already super confusing, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's confusing only in that, again, I'm, I'm kind of just like uh, uh, in media res into this, into this story. So, I, mean, so, I think you're overplaying the whole being thrown but, like wildly into something like this. Seems pretty straightforward hey, again. It, it was my experience with it. So, but so this you have this premise, which is that every year uh, a bunch of cats basically audition for Old Deuteronomy uh-huh. to be selected, and it's like, well, what is the logic for your candidacy here? Like, why are these cats essentially auditioning to be selected to be sent off to die, which is essentially what happens at the end right well they're they're auditioning to transcend to a, another level oh they, they've been uh, sacrificed completely well, well the like, thing is the i mean given the, what we see it's not really a sacrifice but oh it's, it's a, a sacrifice it's a, to keep old deuteronomy alive for another year well the 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 themes are all very uh, judeo-christian right it's all for about sure. redemption and goodness uh-huh. being recognized and rewarded yes. with a trip yeah. to cat heaven but it's just it's it's not really clear to me like are they dying and going off to some kind of heaven or are they already in hell and they're escaping it i mean you're, you're seeing these creatures thought. on screen clearly there's some kind of hell right? like clearly this is some kind of dystopian hell. yeah it's it's really a dystopian future we're living in like a, a weird dr moreau for... fantasy going exactly because yeah. that's that's the one thing the movie gets right which is that cats are inherently unnerving and probably evil no one question no i never thought about this. yeah i don't trust cats <laughs> On screen or off screen. Okay. Good. I'm glad you're with me on this. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not arguing that it's not silly. I'm just saying it doesn't seem very hard to follow along with. I'm not saying that it's difficult to follow. I'm just saying that it's I'm very saying... interesting that they're just plopping you here. Would I'm you... saying it's hard to follow. Because, like, like, one thing to note is, like, I guess there's some hint at a class hierarchy among the cats. Well, clearly. That's basically london after all right but it's also super confusing because there are so many characters to keep track of and they all have uh like you're doing a fantastic job because because i think they have really elaborate and as a result completely forgettable names yes so i was just scratching my head about the logic of this world i mean is it theocratic why does this one leader cat at the top have sole discretion over who gets to ascend to heaven you can't see it, but I'm just like I'm just like I'm just shrugging my shoulders. I'm like, because that's a, that's their setup. I mean, in cats, uh... in, in cats too, you know, cats harder. <laughs> cats harder. <laughs> we, 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 we need to get Andrew Ludd Weber on the phone. Stat. Cats too. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> so the hip hop dancing. The Jellical cats then take Victoria to one of the candidates for the night's ball, a cat named Jenny and Dots. This is Rebel Wilson's cat character. 
She sleeps during the day, but reforms mice and cockroaches at nights. This is where we hear the song Jenny and Dots, the old Gumby cat. Very strange uh, sequence here, because am I led to believe that this is what happens when you're chosen as one of the Jellicle cats? You just become a house cat, and you get, you know, plump and large, because you don't have to hunt ever anymore. And that's all that you do? Is, is that what the reward is? Well, no, it's, that's just, that's what Jenny and Dots' deal is. Like, all these songs that we're about to hear are just the various, what their deal is for each of these different cats. Like, the next one's the Curious Cat. Like, I mean, they're all, they're all, they all have their own personalities. This one just hangs out and eats cockroaches and stuff. And so yeah. why, like, she seems to have it pretty nice. It's unclear why she would want to uh, ascend to the next astral plane or whatever it is. Um, well, they but, all but... seem to, I mean, most of them seem to have it nice as is but i mean if there's some kind of extra benefit i mean clearly there's a there's a desire to move on to this you know have his heavy side layer to to, to go beyond go above and beyond what their status already is this is where i have a sharp disagreement with aaron when you say the movie's not weird enough because this film has a scene in which rebel wilson cat has somehow trained an army of cockroaches with human faces, mind you, to do a Busby Berkeley-style full-on chorus routine. Um, she also what, wears what, fur over... I was, was going to say, that's not the weirdest part. The weirdest part is her, like, clothes. changing clothes. <laughs> she, yeah, like, she's got, like, a, a dummy suit on. Like, the movie also has... She's, in, she's in got a cat pieces. Edgar suit on. Yeah, there, yeah there's uh, other sections, too, where, like, cats are dressed in actual fur coats. I mean, you've seen right. a lot of weird so, movies, Mike. I mean, I, I can say <laughs> uh, uh, for a move for a studio film that costs this much money on this level, yes, it's pretty weird for the extent of what movie we're seeing. For a major Universal release that comes out on Christmas, it's pretty weird. I'm not going to deny you that. I've just seen weirder movies. That's all. <laughs> There's weirder movies out there, but like, I, I, I think it's because Tom Hooper's presentation is just so like matter of fact that it doesn't really emphasize the weird for me that much. Well, the other part of it that, that's, again, not weird in terms of tone, but just weird in terms of look, is that it's clear that these faces are real. Uh, everything else, and the bodies are semi-real. Sometimes they've been uh, CGI'd, but it, it's just weird that when you're looking at them dance and you see their feet not really touching the ground per se, it's just hard for me to to see it as like a whole complete visual image. Because I can definitely see where all the seams are and and the way that they've been editing this uh, movie, so that sort of took me out of it too. I mean, the scene of the cockroaches and the and the mice with children faces, you know, that's it's very uh, it, it's kind of hard to like sell me on that and just say like, oh, this doesn't look done. I mean, the mice thing and whatnot, like that stuff. Sure, that's the shakiest of the CG, just because it's mice and cockroaches, so it's just inherently like hard to reconcile the idea that it's real people doing this thing. But I mean. The the CG process, I mean, it's again they built sets, they had them all in the suits. sets are great. I'm again. saying they they built sets, they had them all in suits, and they all did the dancing and whatnot. The only difference is that instead of using practical makeup, they use digital makeup. I mean, right. it's still it's still the process of smearing stuff on people's faces. It's just using a computer instead of actual makeup. It's, yeah, I, I'm so. not again the dancing, the choreography, all that other stuff is great. I was gonna say all that jazz is great. Um, but it's just I the mean, way that it was put together. On, someone does die again, so it pretty much is all that jazz. But, um... <laughs> well, so this is where the CGI, I mean, because it looks so, it looks unfinished, yeah. right? And there are some sequences that I, I felt this more than others. But um, you have to consider, like, from the very beginning, it might have been worth mentioning from the start. Like, they're trying to make 
the cats sort of slide and glide around with the elegance of an actual cat, mm -hmm. but with completely human proportions, which makes the whole thing kind of uncanny and off-putting, right? And so you add to that this combination of makeup, which, you know, when it's up close, it looks all right. But then there's other times when it's CGI or they're compositing faces onto bodies to like your mileage really varies, right? There's some there's some scenes or shots where there's varying degrees of success, but mm -hmm. all of it looks kind of weird on some level. And it's it's clear what the logic is, which is to translate the graceful movements of a cat through ballet. And the ballet is really compelling to watch when the film lets us see it without cutting too much. I think right. this is Abe's earlier point about it being over-edited. It's just that we're too often, I feel, put off by the fact that we're, we're befuddled by the integration of the CGI to give the performers full credit for what we're seeing, which is actual live dance and performance, um, and which is very different from the stage production, for instance, which the stage production is just as bizarre, but at least you're seeing really impressive dance performance without all this like technological mediation, which is, it's, like, it doesn't it, work cinematically. It, it becomes a direction, pro direction problem for me then, because it's not, it's not as though I can't take in like weird special effects or just, you know, not the bad, you know, less complete special effects if there's a director that seems to like know how to get around work around that and that's what i'm not getting here that's why it just doesn't connect to me in much of a way beyond like okay that's what this looks like if there is something more ambitious going on to fill in the gaps here it's not like you know it's not like tom hooper's looking at the dailies being like i nailed this and there's nothing else i need to do like there's clearly he has some kind of vision in mind it just feels pretty plain in doing this and so as a result if you don't have anything else to impress beyond the fact that you have elaborately choreographed numbers and fancy sets it's not not much is going to stick beyond, beyond like the general oddity of this existing to begin with combined with special effects that are like all right that's a way to represent this it's so funny to to imagine tom hooper's like cut rap we've got it it's like yeah. tom are you sure like oh yeah no we've nailed it I mean, I, I imagine it, it can't not be a tricky proposition to be in, though, when you're looking at a monitor that has people in, you know, black suits with balls on them as opposed to a completed effect. So you have to think, well, I have to envision the idea that this is going to be way different than what I'm shooting right now. Like, it's an impossible task. So, like, it's all oh, that storyboarding. I, I'm sure they had storyboarding. It, but it would have done previs tests in advance just to see how it all looks. I don't know. But I think this brings up a really interesting debate because it, this earlier point about yeah the movie's weird and especially relative to a mainstream studio product it, it is uh, maybe a bit weirder than average but at the same time you know tom hooper is is such a you know what's the word uh just you know it's a, there's a there's a workmanship to this material oh, okay. that uh yeah, that that his presentation doesn't lend itself toward kind of the excesses of, of, a, of a truly weird movie. And this is where I think that the movie is actually super interesting, because Tom Hooper does not strike me as someone with much of a sense of self-deprecation. Like what's astonishing about this movie is that it appears to have been made with serious intentions. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a very earnest, yeah. and very sincere movie. And that's why its failure is all the more like delicious to kind of take in. Because you're, you're laughing at the movie more than uh, you're certainly not laughing with it. The movie does is very earnest in its presentation, and that's what makes it like meta weird. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that, and there are moments later on that like work for me on the kind of emotional level that it's going for just because of its earnestness. Um, but let's keep going because there's more yeah. plot here. What's the next scene? Okay, the next scene after Jenny and Dot's the old Gumby cat, we move on to the next cat to visit Victoria. By the way, as we're seeing this, we're getting hints of McCavity, Idris Elba's evil cat character. Um, a, a big chocolate brown cat that wears a big coat and a hat. I didn't intend that to rhyme, oh, but that's that. Oh, that was that. really good. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, 
The next cat they visit is Rum Tum Tugger. This is Jason Derulo's character. The capricious and rebellious Tomcat, who treats her and the other cats to milk and cream at a milk bar. This is where you hear the song Rum Tum Tugger. He's a curious cat. Uh, what, I catch you tune. Yeah, this is one of the this is one of the more catchier tunes. Jason Derulo, you know, native a native uh, showman dancer. He's a great dancer. I like his music. I have no real opinion. I, I can't. I can't. I don't think I can identify a Jason Derulo's song if I if I what? was played for me. But oh man. But in Not terms of either. in terms of his cat performance, yeah, he's doing the job. Yeah, he's doing the yeah, job. This is, this is one of the better sequences, I think. I think it's pretty successful in what he's doing. Yeah. I think it helps. Because, I mean, this is where there. I think there's more dynamic in the kind of the way it's presented because you have it it's a it's a popular song you have this milk bar that's a lot of different colors and stuff there's a lot of camera movement i think that just kind of helps um, now question is he a pimp cat no okay <laughs> he's a curious cat okay they say that all the time <laughs> yeah okay after the well-appreciated drink a dirty and life-worn cat named grizabella appears this would be Hudson's character, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grisabelle. Uh, only to be turned away. One of the cats explains to Victoria that Grisabelle was one of their tribe until she went off with McCavity. Uh, this is where we hear the song Grisabella, the Glamour Cat. So yeah, we get some introduction of Grisabella, who's just kind of lurking in the background for a lot of this movie. Much like much like McCavity, but with less uh, inherent humor. Because um, it's like really sad every time you look at Jennifer Hudson's character in this movie. She's, she's uh, every time that you see her, tears are flowing down and snot is pouring out, and she is a sad cat. Oh it, my god, the snot streaks yeah. over and over and over. And I was like, you know, if this is like done in real time... Dude, this is why Jennifer Hudson has an Academy Award. And if it was done post, I was like, these guys really took a lot of care. And making sure that you saw it. But I think it was done real time. I, I think she actually was just emoting. Uh, I could be wrong. Well, that's that's consistent with Tom Hooper's strategy, right? Which is just kind of roll and let things, uh, let the performers perform. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. <laughs> is, th- is this the first uh, rendition of Memory? Uh, I don't think so. You don't I think it's it. later. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, because yeah, you don't get it yet. You it's get not the, here yet. Yeah, you just get the introduction of her. Um, yeah, so it is it, worth noting. I mean, even during some of the more dance uh, dance oriented scenes, like Tom Hooper is fixated on performance, which is so he's he's fine with holding the camera and letting a singer sing or letting a dancer dance. Um, so we hold on the performance. I mean, that's the technique that I mean, won Anne Hathaway her Oscar. Um, the problem is these. In, in a, a grander way are the only scenes that really work and they're the least dynamic cinematically. So I think there's a, a, there's an inconsistency otherwise to these sort of moments in which Jennifer Hudson is allowed to belt it out versus other scenes that are really frenetic um, in their pacing. That's I, I, think, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's hit and miss with a lot of the other dance numbers, like the rum tum tugger scene, like that one, I think it does, does work in it, but it speaks to what Abe, you were saying about the editing where I think there's other scenes where there's just, there's not a whole, like, I've seen enough dance movies to know like what a what a well shot one looks like, and this one oh, doesn't yeah. like this one doesn't strike me as one that's particularly well shot. It's occasionally well shot, but there's a lot of just like, all right, <laughs> that's, that's, mm-hmm. that was that song that kind of had that feeling for me throughout it in a lot of instances. But let's get to our next character, a new cat, Bustopher Jones. James Corden arrives and notes how underfed the new arrival is. And proceeds to take Victoria and the Jellicle Cats around to the garbage bins of various restaurants for them to eat. This is where we hear the song, Bustover Jones, The Cat About Town. Now Thoughts? questions on this cat here. What is what is this cat's purpose? Is, is it supposed to be 
uh, again, I, I was one of the he chosen eats. ones. He eats. He likes eating. That's all that he is. Yeah, he's okay. just like he- hedonism cat. Yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's Hedon- hedonism okay, cat. Okay, got it. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I can't tell if these people are, or if he was, you know, one that's going to invite you to the ball specifically. He's the one that has the golden ticket. But uh, if he's just hedonism cat, I totally got that. Oh, they're all jellical cats. They're all part of the gang. Like, they're, all of them are jellical cats. They're all going to the ball. Yeah, I still don't know what that means. Every time, yeah, every time it's we say that, I'm just like, cat. I just, I, I'm jellical cat. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh, do the it's the name of their group. I don't know what, I don't know how that's confusing. Every time, every time Aaron says it, I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, jellical cat, jellical uh, Abe, <laughs> Abe, what, what's a jellical cat? I don't know. I'm looking at you. You've seen this age play. <laughs> it's their tribe, like saying a wild thing or a lost boy or whatever. Like, what is that? Well, I don't know why that's difficult. <laughs> okay, all right, <laughs> but this this number is, um, it's okay. I, I, I. I like how they were um, going in and out of rooms in this one, and they have the trash bin sequences where everyone's starting to sort of feast, and it's a fun number to some degree. But James Corden, I'm just so so on. I'm like Luke. I was gonna say I'm got, I can give or take James Corden. So. Yeah, because sometimes I'm just like, hey, this is a good James Corden performance, and other times I'm like, okay, he's being James Cordeny here, and I'm just like, it, it takes me out of it. We, we, we're neglecting to mention also that all throughout, you mentioned the McCavity, but mm-hmm. is also up to no good, and he's uh, yeah, able he to perform wizardry. Is that? We're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get to that right now. Um, the merriment is cut short, however, by the arrival of McCavity, who had previously approached Jenny and Dots and abducted her. He goes on to kidnap Buster for Jones as well. So yes, he uses every time he uses magic. By the way, he either says meow or cavity, and it's hilarious. It is the best thing in this entire movie. Every time Drusella has to say that something. like is that he loses his coat. <laughs> he like stops wearing his coat after after uh, going over to Rebel Wilson's house. Yeah, he's he's like Thanos, where he just slowly he's strips, like... <laughs> he's, he's, he slowly strips away his armor, realizing he doesn't need it. He can just be his own cat. <laughs> Just like Thanos, he has armor at the beginning of Infinity War, but he's slowly taking more and more of it off. He's like, I can just, I got, I got the stones. What do I so, need this armor for? <laughs> that's one of the questions I had for you guys. Is what I'm saying magic, is, Cats is just like Avengers: cat. Infinity War. Yeah, he he turns people to dust. The question is, how does this look in the stage production? Are they just like swooped away, Mike? If I recall, yeah, the, the, you know, there's like a thunderclap and the lights go down, and that you know, people just kind of get whisked away. Um... I don't recall when I saw it on stage if McCavity was played by uh, a black person because there is this sort of like voodoo shaman, pretty racialized uh, element to this. Uh, I can't quite remember. Old Deuteronomy was played by a man. Yes. Oh. Um, which is, I mean, so, I mean that's, that's an interesting dimension as well just because um, uh, by having Judy Dench play the role, it converts this sort of patriarchal society into a matriarchy which gives the adaptation an interesting gender spin on like who's ultimately deemed worthy and what the criteria is for making that selection, et cetera. But McCavity, I can't, I honestly can't remember. You said it right though. McCavity. McCavity. It just, every time he would appear, he's like, Oh, he's going to say his thing. McCavity. Or meow. It's just really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's an odd number. I'm glad that they moved on to the next number. Is this, what's the next part? The two Jellicle cats find themselves on a boat in the middle of the yes. Thames, tied up and kept watch by one of Cavity's agents, Beowulf himself, Captain Growl Tiger. This is where we hear the song, Growl Tiger's Last Stand. 
<laughs> this is such a weird sequence. I, love that, I, love, I didn't know that Ray Winstone was in this movie, so Neither I was delighted. I. And I was like, I, I think that's Ray Winstone, tough guy, actor. I, I love and... that he was like, I love Be- doing Beowulf. Why would I not be in Cats? <laughs> I was losing it when Ray Winstone popped up. <laughs> let me put the let me put the old spandex back on. I'll just use my Beowulf suit. You can just capture that again. <laughs> I kept it because I love that suit. <laughs> Gra- and Growl Tiger. <laughs> what a great name. What a name. What a name, Growl Tiger. But this is a strange sequence because they're just like all of a sudden on the Thames on a boat. This, you know, again, they're they're so being captive. held together. Yeah, they're being captive, held captive by like. How did they even get in those chains? I don't know. McCavity put magic. them there. It's magic. Cat magic, exactly. Cat magic. Yeah. He just locked them up. I don't know how that's hard to understand. He just Song, locked them up. You're, you're not using your imagination. <laughs> Song is uh, Song is okay. It's I, not I, an not, imagination. Not you just put them a place and like, do you question people would get in jail? Do you need to see them close the door to understand how they got in jail? Like Sometimes it helps. <laughs> what? <laughs> Meanwhile, the Jellicles all leave with the exception of Victoria, who is left behind. She is found by two mischievous cats and is shown a fun and wild and carefree life. How how fun a wild and carefree life can be, this is Menagerie and Rumpelteaser, uh, who are also who are unknowingly agents of Macavity. And we hear the song Menagerie and Rumpelteaser. And th- this is... Uh... This is the one the big troublemakers, troublemaker cats. This is where they really lean into the uh, the furniture is uh, in proportion yes. to their bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't really work, does it? And they're making a mess. <laughs> that was the other thing. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I think that the proportion sizes are right. Sometimes I think that they're wrong. But this one, confusing. I, I will say this. The stylization of this world had me not very concerned with the the level of consistency of ratio scale of cats to that's not objects. that's not what i'm going for but more just like it's very strange that like the size of a ring is the size of a, a cat's like uh paw and but in any case what i what i thought about this sequence was like oh i'm going to be introduced to human characters or maybe this is like the turn where you know living the life of like a street rat alley cat is not all that cool you know there are consequences that come with it no they she gets away I would have been disappointed if there was humans all of a sudden. I was like, get these out of here. Well, it's not even it's like called, humans, called we're just like, oh, there are feet here, you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, cool. There's, it's there's not Charlie there's Brown. A, there is a dog <laughs> in this scene. There is a dog, but it's only heard. It's not yeah. only heard, yeah. yeah. Which I think is a missed opportunity, because I was just really looking forward to like a dog popping in on screen, and it would have like, Michael Shannon's face or something. <laughs> <laughs> just... It's called Cats. If <laughs> it was a dog with Michael Shannon, I would have uh, given this four stars. If you had a monologue, that'd be even better. You mean up from three and a half? Uh, yeah, yeah, from three and a half. The merriment and wanton destruction are cut short when the dog of the house starts coming after the trio. The duo leaves out the door, but Victoria, who is loaded down with pearls, a watch, and earrings, is caught on a bedpost and cannot escape. Mr. Mistopheles, who has been looking for Victoria, helps her get free and distracts the dog long enough to close the door and escape, bringing her to the others in an abandoned theater. What are you reading, by the way? I'm going. Your... I'm going entirely off memory. Mm. What if that was true? <laughs> That'd be no. I mean, you have a pretty good memory. So. I do have a pretty good memory. This, yeah. this is just helping. But this, this is definitely red. If I did all, this on all, Monday, so I would have fucking the, nailed this. Let me tell you right now. But, but we didn't do it on Monday. So. All alone with your memory. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for the setup. The moon. <laughs> so now we're, we're in the theater. They're just in time to meet the leader of the Jellicles, an old female cat named Old Deuteronomy, where they hear the song Old Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. 
The yeah, dance number here is interesting because it's more than more like all cat choreographed dances, uh, and it's it's interesting to see because this is where this is where Victoria starts doing her. I mean, she's a she's a trained ballet artist, so you start seeing some of the ballet take more prominence. And it's like, oh, this is well done. I, I actually like this uh, execution. Yeah, we're about to get it's le- there. It's legit. Yeah. 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 Uh, Rita, once she arrives, the Jell- the Jellicle Ball commences. We hear the song, the Jellicle Ball. With Mr. Mistopheles as Victoria's dance partner, while the cats are taking a rest, Grizabella reappears, but at a distance. And we hear the song Grizabella, the glamour cat, the reprise. And this is where we first hear memory. We hear, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where we first hear it. Jennifer Hudson is obviously a phenomenal singer, but she's too young for this role. Interesting. I, okay. uh, well, the thing is, the, the role, as I understand, is usually played by someone older. I mean, the song is called Memory, right? It's meant to be elegiac and mournful about lost time. And so... That seemed a little off to me. I think the, the way that I was putting in context was um, it, she had good times, and now they're all bad. Uh, so that, that's sort of – because I'd never really thought about the age part, but when you mention age to it, yeah, I can see that. Uh, but I, I largely didn't have an issue with it. I also liked the the reprise of uh, the previous song. Um, and then I, I, this is one of the moments where the camera wasn't crazy, and it was steady enough for me to – really take into scope the acting and or the singing of some of these actors. And I appreciated that part of this. Not to mention the snot streaks. The snot streaks for sure. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson killing it. Bring in her A-game. Um, as I was saying, uh, Grizabella is doing this like kind of at a distance. Victoria sees this. This is where we hear the first version of A Beautiful Ghost. This is the original song written for the film. Mm-hmm. Um because you have it's, to do. It's quite a nice song. Because it's a good you, song. Because yeah. you gotta you gotta get that Oscar, so you gotta write a new song <laughs> when you when you when you adapt a musical, you have to add a new song to it. So they, that's what they do. Noted. I'll do that for for the script that we're writing. Yeah. So yeah, Victoria, she's singing that song. You also have Old Deuteronomy, and you hear the song "The Moments of Happiness." Um, once Victoria is back inside, she speaks of Old Deuteronomy and tells her story. The elder cat says that Victoria is not a jellical cat yet, but she's on her way to becoming one. Okay. <laughs> Again, what's a jellical cat? It's it's the tribe. She's not. She's just. She's just a new cat. She's just. You don't just like duck somebody into your group just because. Like, they <laughs> she's got to go kill somebody first. They, like to hang around. She needs the uh, uh, the basset hound tattoo. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the basset hound. Exactly. Yeah. Deep cuts. <laughs> okay, so we're still at the jellical ball. The first contestant is called up. It's an old theater cat called Gus. Gus, the theater cat, is a song that we heard. This is me, me Ian McKellen. Um, Who and, is great. I Yeah, I was going to say, I actually really enjoyed Ian McKellen, even as a cat. You know, I mean, he, he's a, he's a he's theater guy. <laughs> yeah, he's bringing it. He, he has the mannerisms. He meows. He At one point, he's like, you know knock on wood and he like rubs his head against like a, a wooden pillar um and then his song is r- really good he's uh, just this is a terrific performance by ian mckellen solo i would watch this scene by itself mr Mistopheles is a big fan of gus and he helps out with his act and with magic mm-hmm. he does magic um <laughs> after well, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah sorry so i mean judy dench too i think uh, her and ian mckellen are actually very good because they're actually acting they know what they know what to do and they're also not they're not hopping around and and uh you know because of their age and so as a result they're not contributing to this insane spectacle well they're, um, they have enough level of authority that they bring to them and whatnot well, who's bad in this movie though 
Um, Tom Hooper. <laughs> yeah, Tom Hooper. Well, so and the thing also to keep in mind, McKellen is really, uh, in fact, very well cast because he's actually performing his one-man show right now oh, in, in London, yeah, to commemorate turning 80. And it, it's entirely about reflecting on his life in the theater. And, and that's essentially what this character is doing. Um, so it's, a, it's an auspicious bit of timing. You're saying he should have sang Memory. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes, everybody. Just waving his waving his big nose around. <laughs> Him and John Krasinski, they got noses. Let me tell you. <laughs> Can't wait for uh, the flashback sequences in, uh, in Quiet Place Part Two. two. Yeah. <laughs> flashback sequences, <laughs> just so John Krasinski can shake his big nose again <laughs> yeah. while whispering, "No, don't talk." <laughs> it's sound. Uh, what's next? After his after Gus's number is done, McCavity lures him into signing an autograph before kidnapping him. McCavity as well. Uh, next up, we get Skimbleshanks, and we hear the song Skimbleshanks, the Railway Cat. This, I, this is a fun one because he's on the railway and he's tap yeah. dancing. He's doing a lot of tap dancing. Uh, Admittedly, is... I like the tap dancing. I don't like the song. I thought this is the worst CGI of the entire film Stephen um, mcgray plays skimble skimble shanks by the way he's a piece of dancer from the royal ballet in london that makes complete sense because like i was clearly deb Anson. but yeah. I, in terms of the cgi are you talking about the sequencing in the theater or when they're on the rails probably more in the rails okay. on the rails yeah because it's oh yeah when they're not because they're not in a physical set anymore so it's like okay now we got to do all this stuff it's like it looks, it looks very unfinished yeah, no, yeah there's a number of scenes where even like you get some floating head stuff too where it's yeah, just like, that's, yeah that's they, right the head's there it's floating like watching, stuff. it's like yeah it's like watching mark ruffalo's face on uh <laughs> on in, hulk in, in, no inside the inside the inside the the iron man arm the whole cluster armor you guys are so screwed yeah. Um, um, the other thing is a uh, costume design here. Interesting choice. No shirt, just overalls with like red. Overall, yeah. The, yeah. Suspenders actually. Just he's a blue. He's a blue collar cat. You yeah. can tell. Yeah. It really bothers me when they wear pants because it makes me think: Should they be wearing pants elsewhere? I never like, thought about that. Judy Dench you, and Ian McKellen. They both wear full-on fur coats, which really bothers me when they're not wearing pants. And then you switch, you switch it around, and you've got a cat who's wearing overalls but no shirt. My main concern with the coats was: what are the coats made of? The fur material. <laughs> previously <laughs> murdered cats. Other, other cats. Oh, the, one that, the ones that go off in Jellicle Heaven. Got it. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Oh, we're setting Mike up here. Not gonna bad. Every time I name the song that they sing, by the way, I don't. I have no memory of the song. These songs are not earworms to me. Right. Like they're this not. Is, this is the issue that I also had, which is, you know, we talked about early on. But yeah, what, I, I, what's uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say okay, uh, Skimbleshanks. He's abducted mid-act. Um, this is where we introduce Bomba <laughs> Arena. This is Taylor Swift's character, another of McCavity's agents. She appears on stage and and doses everyone with catnip, and we hear the song "McCavity: Colon the Mystery Cat." I I I need to talk about this scene. Please do in really minute detail, because this is the scene that I that maybe broke my brain. 
like I think I lost my goddamn mind when um so so it's not just about Taylor Swift like she begins the song she's like this sort of gangster's mole type yeah character she's, she's, she's the like, Harley Quinn of cats <laughs> yeah she's actually quite fun but what really ha- what really lights this up is when McCavity Idris Elba cat enters the scene fully nude. Let me read that state sentence too. Soon after, McCavity himself arrives and tries to coerce Old Deuteronomy into choosing him for rebirth, which he refuses to do. But yes, he's a, he's a, he's in on he's in on this whole gang here, and he's wearing his chocolate fur only at this point. Yeah, no <laughs> coat, no hat. I I almost lost it in the theater. So the thing is, we've seen McCavity clothed up until now, and yeah. now we see him fully nude, as it were. The problem is, he's <laughs> he's a black cat. Red chocolate cat and Idris Elba is a black man, and so the character's body seems to match Idris Elba's actual musculature, and so the effect is that we're seeing, I guess, a very close approximation of what Idris Elba would look like naked, except he has no genitals, <laughs> right? And it is just and, and he's the, a cat. I mean, it still looks like a I mean, cat. <laughs> but I mean, and he's dancing with Taylor Swift of all people. Like this blew my mind. Just a wave of contradictory emotions this produced in me. I think. I can't remember if I wanted to like go into the fetal position or maybe want to stand <laughs> that bad. up, like, or, or 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 stand up and cheer. I can't remember. All I know is that like this is the scene that I'm going to be having nightmares about. It's 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 instantly iconic. I think it is the worst and most disturbing scene of the year's weirdest movie. So yeah, I, I'm all what for also this. Also adds to the strangeness of it is all the catnip, right? So all the cats are like going meow crazy uh and they're all kind of like stirring because they're they're getting high on catnip mm-hmm. and you know uh McCavity's trying to like either coerce judy dench or like steal her away to the boat as well so it, it's a very strange sequence altogether he wants it's to win so he, he wants to be chosen it, he wants to transcend yeah if, a higher if level. he's not in it to win it then you know he's not at first he's last it's like it's like uh box trolls he's like the he's the one with the he, he wants a hat he wants to get a, a, a white hat and be and be a part of the, the fancy club but he's this mm-hmm. trashy old cat with these with, henchmen with less uh with less metaphorical meaning though but there's just different metaphorical meaning it's still it's still there <laughs> like this yeah. is also the moment like i i was my jaw was on the floor during this scene. It's so grotesque and amazing in all the wrong ways. I really, really would go back and see it again just for the scene. Well, it'll, um, be, up, but it'll be the upgraded version, too, so I see it'll be an even better version. Of oh, this. my God. Just <laughs> what my appetite with promises of more cat cat, uh, cat versions. But Or eat yourself with junk? Maybe. The thing is, this is also the moment where I felt I honestly needed to revise my complaint about Tom Hooper being too sincere because... This has to have been funny, right? I simply can't imagine all the CGI guys. No, but like the CGI guys being on board in post production and like not snickering at this. Well, we or... talked about we talked about this of like the Tenet trailer the other day, where it seems like people seem to forget that Nolan knows how to make comedy in his movies, despite how like serious the subject matter tends to be. It's not like you're not like he makes entertaining summer blockbusters, and part of that's because there is comedy in them. I mean, yeah, Tom Hooper's making a cats movie. He's not. It's not beyond him to think, you know. Oh, this is this is not foolish at all in any instance. Of course, it has ridiculous stuff in it. You have Taylor Swift dosing cats with catnip while they're singing, where they're crooning. <laughs> That's fun. That's supposed to be fun. Right, it, right, might right. Not, it might not come out that way as far as the visual representation of Idris Elba as a cat on stage. Exactly, but in terms but of the that's... in terms of the intention, it's a PG cat movie coming out at a Christmas. It's supposed to be fun and ridiculous at the same. Like that's not. But, but that's, that's not beyond him. That's precisely where the two things clash. On the one hand, there is kind of an embracing of the absurdity. 
of what's actually happening on screen. But uh-huh. the presentation is so, like I said, unfinished, and the CGI is so clunky that you you wonder what went wrong. Well, yeah, it comes down to execution. I mean, the, yeah. the intention. I think the intention is is pure as far as I want to make a movie that people are going to want to see. It involves cats and all this stuff. Versus, am I? Do I have the dexterity and my abilities to make that possible? Clearly, no. Like, clearly, the answer was like, eh, you tried, I guess, but like, it's it's. Uh, it's it's either like it was too rushed or it was too complicated or it's inherently just not good to see this represented this way on the screen whatever it is yeah the execution fails to be more than just entertaining on a different kind of level than one of quality yeah i think i think if you're on board with the sensibility of um so bad it's good Uh then this is the most iconic scene Oh yeah, of this the, is of the of the year. I, mean, I wasn't it, there yet. I wasn't there on the so it, bad it's good train. Abe and I are obviously in you know the 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 uh, we're in the business of analyzing film on a serious level because we're serious critics. <laughs> but in terms of the, what this movie's made for, it's made for like how do you how did this get made and the flop house and all the like bad movie podcasts that are out there. That this is tailor made. This is this movie's guaranteed to be in every single one of those shows. It's probably going to come out on on how did this get made in like a couple weeks. I'm sure they're, they're, they've been yeah. frothing at the mouth waiting to talk about this movie. <laughs> maybe, maybe even the rewatchables in like a month. Um, no, I teach a cl- I teach a cult cinema class. Oh, boom! Uh, on sort of you know looking at sort of trashy aesthetics and things like that. This is an instant addition to my syllabus. Mike, sir, um, it, w- w- which intercelled with performance is better this year, McCavity or Bad or, Guy in Hobbs and Shaw? Or Cyborg Bad Guy in uh, yeah, Hobbs and Shaw? Black su- Black Superman. Ah. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's a continuum here. Oh. <laughs> Maybe there's a shared universe. Well, they're both I... universal movies, so it's possible. Mm, whoa. Did we do Pacific Rim as well? I feel like we've covered Idris Elba more than any other actor whenever I'm on. Uh, well, we did the sequel. Is he not in it? Like, ar- in archival footage? or Flashback I mean, footage. Yeah. Super yeah, I mean, quick. But Boyega's son. He's Boyega, Boyega's his son right, in that right. movie. So. Mm. But yes, I, I've, I have... I've, I'm not beyond picking up the fact that we're talking about two Idris Elba movies at this year alone. So. Hmm. We've also gotten together many times, including this year, to discuss the horror genre, so it is lovely to be here with you to discuss <laughs> yeah, this, cats, of course. this latest horror extravaganza. <laughs> All right, where was I? Um, okay. Yeah, McCavity uh, gets there, threatens old Deuteronomy. Uh, infuriated, McCavity kidnaps Deuteronomy, threatens her life. Uh, she still refuses, and McCavity starts to make her walk the plank on his ship, where he has all the other cats that we met earlier held captive currently. Um, as this is happening, Victoria suggests, they're still back in the theater at the Jellicle Ball, she suggests that a less-than-confident Mr. M- Mr. Mistopheles rescue the leader by con- by conjuration. This is where you hear the song, Mr. Mistopheles. And uh, as he's doing this, he's doing, he's he's trying to do his magic. Mr. Mistopheles, he's, he's taking some tries, he's he's thinking really hard he's trying to like get his wings or whatever they do and never land he's, he's thinking about it. he wants to do it he wants to get this thing going we're watching this he's struggling there's a lot of failed attempts what are we thinking of this song in this sequence uh goes on too long yeah it, i think it, so too. it does go on quite a bit yeah because <laughs> the walking the plank part is fun and interesting not enough song there and then you have this song at the ball where it's like i i like what the intent is which is like hey we believe in you but it's like this is it's not shot in a way where I'm like I'm full of confidence now. I know what's gonna happen, but it's like I just don't like the way that's the my song biggest is. problem. I don't like how it's shot. Like it, yeah. 
because that's why it feels long because it just shows you the same exact the shot same over angles. and over. Yes. It, it and like there's no like there's nothing to it as far as building up to like giving you this thing. And even when it does happen, which is what it does happen, it feels somewhat anticlimactic. It's like, well, yeah, she's going to get right. We're not going to see a movie where old Deuteronomy walks the plank into the water, so something's going to happen. <laughs> but it's like there's a way to present that. And, that and if Bray Winstone got that wind, it'd be amazing. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. he doesn't. There's not enough growl tiger is my main problem with this movie. <laughs> the other uh, part is, uh, this is to your point too, is that I just didn't, like, I, I knew that this was basically the climax of the film, uh, but there was nothing that was going to take me away from like, oh, well, it's going to clearly end end up well because, and it's not, it's not going to go on for an extended period of time because nothing in this entire play movie has really led me to believe that things last for a long time. Well, Mr. Mistopheles does manage to rescue old Deuteronomy <laughs> through his magic uh, to the relief of Victoria and the Jellical tribe. It's even called tribe. It's this easy. Um, Grisabella returns. She's not or shaking our heads at you right Grisabella now. returns and is about to leave when Victoria stops her and encourages her to come and sing in the Jellical Ball. We hear the beautiful ghost song a little bit again, but then we hear her sing Memory. So this is the full-on memory. Good job. Good job. Good song. Is it, though? I think it's the most memorable of the songs, probably because of the history of Cats. I will say it plays better watching the movie than it does hearing it in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, I just found it a bit aesthetically inconsistent in terms of just kind of hovering on the performance in the middle of this movie. It just feels like like we're in a different movie all of a sudden i feel like it it's it's a knowing spotlight it's like this is the song that most people know coming into cats to begin with and we're gonna like you know really shine a light on it really just stop everything around it just to highlight it and i think that that presentation wise that's a mistake yes yeah you're putting too much weight onto one moment in the film when the rest of the film needs work yes (laughs) so it's so So i agree with you both because you guys are both hitting uh the nail the the nail on the head which is like it just it it does take away because it's strangely more it's deeper and it's also less fanciful than the other songs so it just feels really strange just being here but as a song by itself yeah it's the most memorable song also and i i trying to recall seeing the the thing on stage but it's really unclear to me what's her name again Gr- Griselda Grisabella what why she's being shunned to begin with and cuz she what, went off with McCavity at some point okay her out. Also, well they well, told me that in the movie <laughs> but why is she so good uh, that she that belting out this memory song wins her the uh, the trip up the uh, up to, up to the sky because old Deuteronomy, she, you know, she can see it. She can see inside her. She can she can hear the passion. She can see. <laughs> she can feel what's going on with this person. I, oh. I know that you're saying that seriously, but when you say that, it just sounds ridiculous. I know it sounds like like Abe and I are watching this movie all wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's more just like yeah, I, I know what you mean because like it's it's clear that J- Dame Beauty Dench's character, she's like yeah, no, no. I I see the. The redemption value in this character here, but it's just so it, it it really doesn't come across that way when you're watching on the screen per se. But I, I definitely get what they're going for. I mean, it did to me. I mean, I did, again, it's just not that weird to me. It just it's very it's not that easy. it's weird to me either. It's just more that like wow, this is uh this is the choice you made. Yeah, I just didn't think the choice were that bold for me to be like beyond understanding the kind of straightforward logic of what I, they're I, trying I, to present. Mike and I get what the story is about too. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
How is that like some midnight screening at it's like you know some art house theater and everybody else is like laughing along or something? Maybe I'd be like in a different mood, but just watching it is just it's like it's so straightforward to me. It's like yeah, just, it, it, that's that's the point too. It's like it's super straightforward that some of the stuff just it's so straightforward that it doesn't really actually present itself to be a story. Yeah, it's I don't actually need it to, I don't need it to be. I mean, I get. I mean, again, it's a hundred million dollar cats movie from Universal. It's not going to be Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like it's going to be. You know, it's it, it completely. Can't, it can't yeah. take too many chances because it's trying. It's not trying to alienate the young audience, the family audience. That's ideally going to see this movie. Obviously, not too much because it's currently flopping in theaters but still like there's a there's a clear line as far like this wants to get that greatest showman audience it wants to pull in you know the families that want to keep seeing this movie the problem is the songs aren't just not that good and also yeah this this ties into like a point that i uh, keep circling back to which is like on stage like cats it's a it's a massively successful ip on uh stage but it would be incorrect to say like, oh, it's this really popular musical and the movie just gets it all wrong. It can only be appreciated as, as camp. But it's like, no, no, no. The stage production is already campy. Yeah. It, it, it has always been ridiculed. Um, and the reason it's so widely ridiculed since the 80s is because in spite of the big production design and the obvious talent of the dancers, it's it's never quite enough to override the feeling that this is fundamentally bizarre and silly. Uh, which is why I think so much of its lasting popularity has to do with it being repurposed as camp and as kitsch. And so there was always going to be this tension between making a film adaptation based in the sincerity of the original production versus leaning into the sort of postmodern irony that forms the basis for its reputation that that the production has in the culture. And I just feel like Tom Hooper is just not capable of threading that needle, right? He's just not oh, a no, not at all. He's not a he's not a wink wink nudge nudge self deprecating director, and so like that's the inherent tension that I think uh, undergirds this whole production and 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 uh, ultimately is you know responsible for its failure. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious what it'd be like if Joel Schumacher took another stab at Andrew Lloyd Webber after his terrible Phantom of the Opera movie. <laughs> the movie opera. Also. with Jared Butler. Gerard Bartley could be a good McCavity. I think so. Yeah. He, can, he can nail that. That's not hard. Um, anyway, what's next? Uh, the Glamour Cat, Grizabella, is not only ex- reaccepted by the tribe based off her singing of memory, but she's also named the Jellical Choice by Old Deuteronomy. The cat's leader to what looks like an old chandelier, which Mr. Mistopheles repairs and lights up. The object rises into the air, revealing itself to be a hot air balloon. And this is where you hear the song, The Journey to the Heaviside Lair. As Again, where do these cats go? As Grizabella rises into the air while dawn breaks. That's what's happening. Um, she's rising into the air at this point. McCavity comes out, climbs onto the long tether, thinking that he would go with her, but he falls off within moments. He's left on a statue, stranded. He can't get down or anything. He's McCavity'd out. And his magic is gone. Hashtag McCavity'd out. Yeah. I... I like to think that he only has magic at night, so he's just kind of like stuck. Oh, so he'll have to wait for he eight there for 12 hours. <laughs> he has to wait there for 12 hours. Then Cats 2, McCavity's Revenge, you know, we'll see what happens. He's back with like a gang of, uh, of hood cats, yeah, I got it. Of course, it. like, it, the Jellicle Ball is only once a year, so, you know, he's got to wait a while. <laughs> so he builds up all those magical powers. Yeah, him, him and Growl Tiger are just going to hang out. <laughs> on the boat, yeah, just on the Thames. The Jellicle uh, Cats watch uh, Grizabella from a statue... Uh, outside as old Deuteronomy addresses them all. This is where we get the finale and the addressing of the of cats. Strangest song. 
strangest this is song. a strange song this is where and, yeah, but like to be the fair, strangest song because it, be it's talking to us the audience to, to be fair mike if i'm not mistaken that the show cats itself does a lot of this does a lot of oh, like fourth sure. wall breaking that's like a it, big part of the show it, it does but it doesn't quite consist of the 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 shock to your system of seeing judy dench turn to the camera as if we're being scolded for not paying sufficient attention in class right. turns to the camera and fucking cat explains the entire theme of the movie to us in a song that is easily conservatively 12 minutes too long <laughs> 12 minutes too long yeah the, the explanation of, of why cats are better than dogs i was like this makes me want to get a dog more than a cat right now does it even explain why they're better than dogs it just says we're remember we're not dogs yeah, because they they have got they've got jellical powers. Again, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I don't know either. That's why I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. They've got jellical magic cat powers. But strange uh, strange ending, and you know I, I guess Jennifer Hudson flies off into it's the castle. The whole in the ending. Sky. I didn't get the ending. I got oh. I got to this. I got to the finale and the addressing of the cats. Uh huh. They then as they finish their song, they salute Grizabella before dispersing, uh, leaving only Victoria and uh, Old Deuteronomy. Who declares her to be one of the angel angelical cats, one of the types of the jellical cats? She's made it to mafia head. She did she's it. A, she's a top tier. She's a capo. Angel. Yeah, she's a capo now. Yeah. She's the she's the Tom Hagen of the jellical. She's cats. the Tom Hagen. Tattoo some uh, stars on her knees. She's a conciliere. <laughs> At the the very last scene we see is yes, Grizabella then disappears into the cloud at dawn, going off to be reincarnated. I will say this, I. Again, not, having no pretenses about what this is going to be, just knowing eventually they're going to sing memory. I really like the final shot of this film. This, uh, it, that, it hit me in the right way, where it's like, we've seen all this nonsense for you know an hour and a, an hour and a half or whatever. Uh-huh. And we, we get all, all this stuff happens, all the macavity and everything. And you have this one cat who's you know tried to be redeemed and, and choosing to be reborn and so hoping to be reborn in some way. Like, all this happens whatever whatever weird magic was conjured in all of this this final shot where every the music is stopped and you just kind of see this little balloon with grizabella in it flying off into the atmosphere and it just kind of like disappears into the clouds it's a nice moment i really like that it's a nice little moment that it ended up the film i i like how it was played confusing moment for me of all where, the things that happened it just where like, is she like, going nice. exactly where is she going why did it disappear what is the point of this whole entire ball i think i think that hot air balloon essentially is going to just run out of steam and gently lower her down into another township and so essentially they're just uh, exiling her good luck uh you know can't have you in london anymore good luck in bristol <laughs> and that was cats i kept getting distracted by the end uh, i saw this opening night and so granted star wars was sucking up a lot of the attention uh-huh. but there were maybe 20 people in my theater and I can't be sure, but I don't think there were 20 people left by the time the movie had finished. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, there were people walking out. Uh, I had I had about 50 people in my theater. Nobody left, though. I had a few people leave, but it was, wasn't very crowded to begin with. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, there was this uh, this this uh, feeling in the air of, uh, oh, shit, I'm not drunk enough for this. <laughs> oh. Phil Collins style, got it. Well, anytime, is... anytime the cats get really close to sharing a kiss and then they break away at the last second and just like nuzzle each other's napes instead. Super weird. That's what cats do. They're it's cats. super weird. <laughs> so best uh, dancing human cat monster movie of all time? Best dancing cat 
monster movie, movie? Hmm. of this year or of any year? Of this year? Well, of this year, yes. I mean, I'll give you that. That wins. <laughs> oh, this movie is such a breach of taste. Man, that's two a... thumbs up. Two thumbs up. <laughs> way, way up. Two yeah. paws up in the air. I like it. With catnip, dust it all over them too. Gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about cats. I mean, it's, there, it's, there's it's, nothing else to say. Uh, listeners, go see it. I, I see think it you now. could wait. I think you could wait. No, I think I think go see it. Okay. Here's the thing, though. I think I I I I mean, obviously, it's a it's an alternative way of enjoying a movie to kind of laugh at it and enjoy it for for all the things that are wrong with it. But I really do appreciate this movie a lot more than star wars i know you guys reviewed star wars uh, uh sorry i haven't had a chance to listen to your episode so i'm not sure if you're ultimately yay or nay on it but that movie felt so stale and whatever the opposite of fresh is right it's it's safe it's focus tested it's very safe right there's there's no real risk to that movie whereas this movie every every scene i was just wondering i i just would give anything to have been in the meetings in which you discussed like why you thought this was a good idea scene after scene after scene and it's utterly fascinating to me and so this movie i felt like this is a much more rewarding sort of theater going experience for how grotesque it is so i i'm giving that a a bigger thumbs up than uh, my experience watching star wars because not only did i think it wasn't great i i could say something even worse which is that i thought it was boring star wars was anyway and not to rehash too many thoughts about Star Wars, because we have about two and a half hours worth of conversation about it at this point. But, I mean, no, we, Abe and I were not the biggest fans of Rise of Skywalker. I gave, I would give both of these the same rating, not that that matters too much, but, I mean, they're for different reasons. One is Star Wars does play things very safe and has a lot of convoluted plotting and things that just feel like bad choices to me. Where this movie just feels like it's a big swing, and I can admire that, but at the same time, it's still not too successful in the direction aspect of it. I mean, it, there's things that I can admire about what they wanted to do, but in terms of execution, Tom Hooper's just not the guy for the job for this movie. Yeah, but that's what that's what adds to its uh, its its fascination as a as a consumable media object. In terms of fascination, sure, but in terms yeah. of I watch this movie and I have an opinion on it. No, it's not a very good movie, but I could still there's things about it that. I don't regret seeing for sure. Like it's something that's different from everything else in the theater right now. Can't take that away from it for sure. I don't know if I necessarily would say I would regret seeing it too. I mean, it is a fascinating experience to sit there and, and see this through. Um, but yeah, I mean, it didn't leave a huge imprint on me when I was done. You guys want to hear a joke? Hit it. I actually do prefer, I much prefer Adam driver's performance in marriage story than in, uh, in star Wars. Uh, you want to know why? Why is that? Because it's obvious? <laughs> Why? No, I'm waiting for the punchline. Because divorce is strong with him. Uh, you... Okay, and that was Mike. Thanks, Mike, for being on. I'll See put that I in the there. report. Ha! So Aaron, Aaron, like, divorce, like, the movie's about divorce, and oh. it's a play, you know, the like, the force is the all-powerful thing that can, like, heal people's wounds all of a sudden, somehow, I guess, but... The, uh, the dead don't die with this joke, huh? I'm just gonna keep going <laughs> oh, on it. Oh, it is the theme song. <laughs> the force always does something new every every, every movie it does something new Patterson, ah. that's my punchline there you go uh yeah well anything else on cats see it while you can in theaters it is okay. a singularly right. unique viewing experience and uh i am all the more 
I'm better off for it. Got it. All right. Well, strong words. Well, thank you, Mike Dillon, for joining us for Mike, this uh, bonus so episode. Yeah, thanks for uh, uh, having me, and sorry that uh, I kept you guys waiting an extra couple days. Not at all. All right, well... Just, just let the feelings stew a little. This has been our bonus show on Cats. You know you can find our show and everything. Thanks for listening. Uh, yep, until next time. So long. And goodbye. Yeah.